Previously on the Lupe and Royce show. It's a little like a uh, tool that has a handle and then has like a cup that cuts into the grass. And you cut into the grass, you pull it out, and it pulls out probably the top of the grass and maybe three inches. And that's what you use to do your COVID test. Well, listen. <laughs> right down the throat. Then you go. <laughs> the Lupe and Royce show is a Say What Media production. The presenting sponsor is Blue Microphone. Hi, I'm Lupe Fiasco. The receiver of a massage. Hi, I'm Rush to Five Nine, and I don't know what my brother is talking about. And this is Tom Frank. I'm just a regular dude, and you're listening to the Lupe and Royce Show. So I wanted to say massage. That was one of the things I wanted to go back to. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And I was thinking like my story with the meat from the meat episode. What I should have called it was I, I was receiving a massage. You talking about when you got the massage? <laughs> yeah, but it was a massage. I don't believe we preface him with this. And then the other one, I'm not done. Okay. The next one is more sophisticated. This was, this was kind of like a hindsight for vote episode, right? And it's a uh, voting is an act of under participation promoted as an act of over participation. Man. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. See, see, like that. see a lot of people who disagree, but I like that. I, I was going to say on that same note, I actually was going to thank you guys for something. For making you famous? For here I am trying famous. to do, I'm, for making I'm you doing famous. something heartfelt For making here. you famous? For making you famous? For making you famous? For Lupe, making you famous? Lupe is on one today and I love it. Woo! I'm going to continue my thank you for your perspective on voting in America. Because I have always incorrectly assumed that the lack of voting was because people just didn't care, quite frankly. I had never thought about it from your perspective that at the end of the day, I don't know if either one of these candidates are any good Fr from your perspective, right? I look at it purely from, I got to have one. So you better get out there and vote because I don't want people bitching afterwards that they have this guy and they didn't do anything about it. You're welcome. So that, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I do appreciate the fact that you sent out a post this week on your Instagram account. Um, I, it might have nothing to do with my stance on this, but it just said vote Biden. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, I always promoted candidates. See, my platform is powerful and I recognize that power. And even though I choose not to vote for these motherfuckers, I will use my platform as my civic duty. Right. In addition to paying taxes and all kind of other shit, but my civic duty to promote the candidate who I feel is best for society as a whole. And in between these two basket cases of white men, I believe that it is Joe Biden. And I don't just say, hey, vote, because that's bullshit. Like, no, vote for Joe Biden. And when Obama was running for president, I took time out of my concerts going around the country and was like, hey, make sure y'all vote for Barack Obama. But I didn't, I didn't like, you know, that was just my personal advice. You know, I wasn't trying to force it down anybody's throat. So that, that legacy continues. I will always do my civic duty to use my platforms to be responsible to tell people that, hey, if you are going to vote, then make sure you vote for the best candidate. And right now, that is Joe Biden. Please vote for the lesser of the evils. All right, I'm going to give one more shout out. I want to give Royce a little more credit. And I know he's not actually seeking this credit, but I do have to point out the Ryan Montgomery Foundation officially launched. And I do want to say that is a remarkable thing that you're doing. Give us a little bit more. I don't think we actually got into the why behind what you're doing. I went to therapy. I started going to therapy about eight years ago. 
and it just did wonders for me as a as a human being. It's the first time that I start wanting to actually improve as a person because I was able to start putting things into perspective and I learned how to communicate a little bit better and I learned how to start to unpack things. I start realizing how many things that I was suppressing and then also how in my way that those things were. So I just feel like therapy is a is something that all black people should consider because I learned about the stigma that's attached to it in our community. Rather than not it's not available or people just don't want it or people are just against it for any for any reason. So the purpose is just to raise the uh, awareness of it, do away with the stigma and then also make it therapy available to everybody. Everybody. People without without health insurance, doesn't matter. What were some of the stigmas that you discovered? That we don't like it. We don't like it. We don't need it. It's for crazy people. I don't need to talk to anybody. Nah, nah, that's not, that's, that's, that's bullshit. Therapy is for weak people. I'm cool. I'm strong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just to name a few. And it's one eight three three Royce five nine five nine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the number you can call. It's local now. So it's for the, it's for the greater Detroit area now, but I plan on expanding it as time progresses. Hmm. And more info can be found at ryanmontgomeryfoundation.org. Yep. yep. And make sure you go get my new EP. It's called Tape Tape. It's full of violence and ridiculousness and trap music. And then you'll have to go have therapy. It's called Dinosaurs. Actually, it's called Tape Tape. Thank you. And go get that. Since we out here just shamelessly promoting. What's Tape Tape? It's my EP. I ain't heard that. It's a two-song EP. That's because you don't care about what I do outside of this podcast. Now, that's a motherfucking lie. I'm just what saying. Up? What is it? Tape, tape. Send it to me. Mm -hmm. No, wait, wait, wait. That was black of me. That was black of me. <laughs> that throne is going to your head. Where's I see. Where's it at? I'm going to buy it. Woo. He got this. He, look how much Royce has changed. He's now sitting in a goddamn throne and his name has been turned into a number that you can call and you're literally calling him, right? So he can tell you what to do in your life. I'm going to answer the phone like, what up, dog? Raising the roof. No, nah, this ain't raising the roof. Raising the roof is like that. My hands are like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where the EP at? <laughs> Where the EP at? I'm gonna get Spotify, it. Apple mm -hmm. Music, all in place. So go get that. Well, what you got to shamelessly promote? Me? Yeah, you. I don't. I don't. I don't promote things. How about Forbes? How about that? Me and Royce got you, your black ass, into Forbes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We got to give a shout out to Forbes. That was uh, out of the blue, right? Yeah, that was dope. Shout to Forbes for uh, giving us that. But shout, but you know what? Shout to everybody who gave us a little promo. You know what I'm saying? Because it was more than just Forbes. The Forbes was the most important one. I just so you niggas don't get it fucked up. Like Forbes is the most important one that we got, but we who appreciate everybody else. Who else was it? Uh, I think the source, but we shouted them out last last podcast. We did. Okay. Um, and I forgot who else picked it up. There was a few people that picked it up, but, but, but of course, but Forbes though, like after that, I was done. I was like, I'm cool. I'm straight. I'm rich now. So I'm straight. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on that part, but we'll get there. And, and, and the, and the continuous uh, comments and everything on Apple. So that's great. Well, now that you're in Forbes, you could be like me and pretend like you're rich. Cause you in Forbes. So you can tell, you can lead with that in conversation. Like, guess what y'all I'm in Forbes. You. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it'll be printed behind us next week. Don't worry. What what did I say back there? Life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. To be wonderful. 
We should all live by that. Why are you laughing down? Take your sign downtown. We're sign killing. <laughs> I got my paintings in the background. Did you did you design that? Yes, and you got and he's got a, a chair. I want that chair. I don't want that chair. That's some nigga shit. I, I do. I don't want that. No, that's that's a king stuff. I want that. <laughs> I'm with you on this one. Hey, speaking of kings, now it was uh, Eminem's birthday this past weekend. What would you do to celebrate? Wrote him a nice, long, lengthy comment under under the picture that I posted of him. It was nice, too. It was like 48. There's 48 ways in the 48 days. Eminem living on 48 skates, 48 rides on 48 sides. Jump on the swimming to with 48 dives. Now I'm about to dive. I got 48 lives. I'm coming okay, right back okay. like 48. Oh, all right. I had to bring out my rapper swag to, to, to express my love. He did. It was yeah. actually touching. It was actually really good. I'm not, no, for real. It was actually really good. The Lupe and Roy Show is a Say What Media production. Have you thought about hosting your own podcast but don't know where to start? Working with Say What Media is like having your own personal producer, editor, audio engineer, and distributor all in one place. From equipment recommendations to engineering and distribution, Say What Media handles the boring details so you can focus on saying interesting stuff. Get started at saywhat.media. We're going to take credit for something else. We, we started this whole podcast, right? And we started talking about voting. We've talked about police brutality. We talked about which rapper would make a great candidate. And now we have two guys in the, in the past week that have come out uh, very publicly, Ice Cube and Diddy, about kind of this American two-party political system. So Ice Cube has said that both parties align with you know, recent discussions you know, we've had on this podcast. But he said every side is the dark side for us here in America. They're all the same until something changes for us. They all lie. They all cheat. And both him and Diddy came out and, and actually kind of made a stand on some things. And both of them took some shots mm -hmm. for it. So I, have you guys seen any of this? I, I haven't seen the Diddy piece. I've seen Ice Cube's piece. I, I haven't seen Ice Cube's contract with America. I, haven't, I don't know anything about what that says. But I did see him go on CNN Chris Cuomo was about to rake his ass over the coals. And then Ice Cube was like, nah, hold me, chill out. And Chris Cuomo was like, all right, cool. So it actually ended actually pretty dope. But that's on, that's the only thing I've seen about it. I don't know what the fuck Puff is doing. Um, but I remember Puff did Voter Die back in the day. He was real heavy on that. That became like a phenomenon in the streets with Voter Die. And I think Voter Die is still rolling. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure Royce Royce definitely does. I've seen Cube, I've seen Cube on Chris Cuomo. I had a um, a different take on that. I felt like Ice Cube checked the draws off of Chris Cuomo. Um, I, I didn't see what uh, I didn't see the Puff name though. I don't know what the contract with Black America is, so I'm gonna we're gonna get into this. I'm gonna and, sit back in ignorance and be watched over with uh, knowledge about what so the fuck he, it is before I dig into it and either support or rip it apart. So here to share her perspective is our very first guest on the show, Erica D. Smith. Erica is a columnist for the Los Angeles Times, writing about the diversity of people and places. She worked uh, previously at the Sacramento Bee, the Indianapolis Star, and the Akron Beacon Journal. She was a recipient of the Sigma Delta Chi Award for a column writing and a graduate of Ohio University. My sister went to Ohio. Um, and a Cleveland native. So in a column over the weekend, she explored this idea of Ice Cube and Diddy and how they've stepped up to challenge both uh, political parties in a very different way. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sup, homie. What's up? I'm so excited to be here. Are you excited? We can see you so we can tell that you're really not. I am excited. Okay, this is my deadpan podcast Zoom face. But right, so, I'm excited. so she's opening up. Yes. Untruth, Tom, immediately. 
she's no, she's open now. So I'm excited. I'm just kind of chill. You know. Where's your name in neon lights like Royce? <sighs> I know I'm not in that part of LA. Sorry. Okay, Erica. <laughs> Erica, first question. Yep. Who has the best chair? Well, kind of you. Well, I can't see anybody else's chair. I see is exactly. So look at mine back there. Oh wait, turn the. Okay, that's kind of nice too. The whole zebra that's pattern. Not bad. But it's, that's it doesn't be Royce's though. But Lupe, which I don't see a. <laughs> what is what am I looking at? I'm sitting on the yoga ball. <laughs> oh, so I see. I actually have the best chair. Royce has the best chair if you want to have a hurt back. <laughs> my back feels fantastic. You on a yoga ball? Yeah, I'm sitting on a yoga ball. My sciatica is re- fucking ridiculous. So it's, it's yoga ball time for me. It's, it actually feels great. So I believe I have the best chair. Royce may have the best ostentatious chair. And Tom has a white person's chair. That's just how that works. That's not a white person's chair. That is a universal great chair. Okay, I'll take it. All right, Tom. Erica, we're going to let you dive in here. And okay. I'll, we 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 kind of just started touching on this subject okay. of of Ice Cube, um, you know his plan, what happened there, this whole platinum plan to help Black America, all of this craziness. Mm-hmm. Educate us, give us your perspective on on what's been going on for the past week. Wow, that's that's a huge question. Um, that is a huge question. I mean, obviously, we know that that Cube introduced his uh, contract with Black America. Um, well, he actually rolled it out earlier in the year, but. So the story is, is that he tried to approach both Democrats and Republicans to see if they would be interested in this. Democrats apparently told him to wait until after the election. And uh, the Trump administration, somewhere between the time he created it and now, decided to work with him or at least kind of encourage him. It's a little bit, a little unclear, even though Cuba said repeatedly that he didn't, he's never met with Trump. He hasn't endorsed Trump. um, So that we should make that pretty clear. Um, But, you know, from there, it's just kind of like, unclear is he working as an advisor is how much of his contract with black America is now actually the platinum plan from my own, just looking at both plans. I don't see a whole lot of overlap. Um, Ice Cube has said several times in the past few days that the plan could use some help. Uh, the Trump's plan can, and that he's working on it. But I think a lot of it's just been lost to kind of now all the recriminations and the tweeting and, you know, punditry like mine and everybody else's. But I mean, it's a little bit of a mess because now Cube is obviously being called, you know, a sellout. Some people have called him that he's been saying he's been used by the Trump administration or other people have been saying that. So it's kind of really up to interpretation. I mean, I obviously have my own point of view, which is based on, frankly, some of his earlier interviews um, over the first couple of days, not some of the stuff that's come out um, in the last couple of days later in the week, though I don't haven't heard anything has changed my mind. But I mean, basically, I just think he just got used. I think that he really wanted to help um, Black America. I think his heart really was in the right place. And I think that he um, had some ideas and he wanted to get him in front of p- important people. And I think that he didn't stop to think that a, other plans have already been worked on. B, that this is kind of not the time in the election cycle to be injecting yourself into stuff um, and what the ripple effects will be. And I think it it just looks bad. I mean, the optics are just awful. I mean, there's no way to, to cut it any different, but that's just my perspective. What is like the meat of Ice Cube's plan? Like, uh, is there like a 10 point uh, manifesto? Like, a, is, is there something that is like you, you can kind of give to us in the gist of what the plan embodies and, and not comparing it to other plans or things that came before, just like what is in his plan isolated in and of itself? 
Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of different things that covers a lot of different areas from, you know, flat out just reparations, which has been talked about in various different ways um, throughout the country to stuff like criminal justice reform. So specifically things like getting rid of mandatory minimum sentencing. Um, there's some other um, parts about uh, investment in black communities, um, what that investment kind of looks like. It's a little bit more vague, but I mean, he's got a lot of really good ideas. I mean, I don't think I personally haven't seen anything particularly new that hasn't been talked about by whether it's Kamala Harris, whether it's some of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. I mean, there's, I mean, in California, there's, I can't even tell you how many different types of plans that are going around and are, you know, at various stages of implementation, whether at the community level or being floated to the legislature. Obviously, uh, Harris has done kind of something similar in, in Congress, talking about getting rid of no-knock warrants and other types of criminal justice reform along those lines. So I think it's just kind of this big, broad swath of issues that are aiming at, you know, getting at a lot of the systemic racism that has been plaguing this country since its founding. And I mean, I applaud him for, for that. I mean, he got some really good officials and experts to put together this plan. But again, it's not it's not groundbreaking. It's not particularly new. I mean, I think it's probably, you know, it's definitely better than whatever is in Trump's platinum plan, which is basically like a one and a half page PDF. Which is terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it looks like a fifth grader put it together, honestly. Yeah, where did, where did the platinum plan come from? Where did that originate from? What was the... That's a little unclear, actually. I mean, Trump, I mean, Cuba said that they took parts of his plan and put it in the platinum plan, or at least some members of the Trump administration have kind of implied that they did the same. But there's just not a lot of overlap. I mean, there's a number that keeps floating around, which is $500 billion. Now, Cube had wanted that to go more towards investment into like black communities, whether it's businesses, other stuff that was in his plan. The platinum plan says that, but it also says it's about infrastructure. So I don't know if that's like infrastructure, like building bridges, infrastructure, like is it jobs for people to do this stuff? Is it we I mean, it's unclear what that number is because his platinum plan is so vague. So it's it's kind of like, you know. It's a little mm. unclear. So it's unclear where the overlap is. And I, I haven't seen an interview yet where Cube has been very specific about what that overlap is. I know when he interviewed, uh, Roland Martin interviewed him earlier this week, he asked him that direct question and Cube didn't seem to have an answer. So I saw that interview. I saw that interview. I think he's spending more time kind of defending himself. Yeah, sounds like that. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's getting attacked from all sides. So I can understand why he's spending a lot of time defending himself. So is the reality, though, that he didn't do anything wrong? What? Trump capitalized on the fact that they returned his call and they jumped on it. It was a campaign thing, right? Mm -hmm. Biden should have done the exact same thing and agreed, at least publicly said he agreed with like 85% of what he said, but declined to talk to him at that moment and wanted to wait till after the election. I mean, I Which, get, if anything, it's Biden's campaign's fault. But Biden's campaign has its own plan. And like, to me, it's like Ice Cube yeah. came out of, out of left field. Ice Cube has never gotten by his own admission, hasn't even been involved in politics until this year. So if Ice Cube comes up with a plan, it's like, why should we take Ice Cube seriously? Like when we've got we're surrounded by people who have been doing yeah. this work for years and we've got our own plan that's like been online mm -hmm. since May. That's like 20, I mean, forgot how many pages it is, but it's pretty in depth. So it's like I get what Cube is saying, but it's like, why should we listen to Ice Cube? But here's the issue that I have with that, okay. with exactly what you just said, mm -hmm. um, is that Ice Cube has been in the public conscience for decades. Right. He is fuck the police. Right. Mm -hmm. So he is the, the progenitor of that conversation to be had uh, that they still use today. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the other piece is why does it have to be new? Why is it being held to the standard of being new? Right. Like it has to be new for it to be taken seriously when we see that it takes decades for bills to be implemented. Right. And to be ratified like it takes a long time. So you're still talking about issues 
and bills and maybe even spending budgets that are years old, right? That take a process to be processed through the legislation and et cetera, et cetera. Um, not even talking about rolling out, like, like cutting checks to people, right? Mm -hmm. So this idea that it has to be new, um, like why is the ice cube? Are we, are we holding kind of like commercial standards, you know, to ice cubes kind of politics? You know, like, why aren't we giving him the benefit of the doubt of, yes, it is these old things that will take time to be uh, to be processed out. And also, you got to go to where the power is. Biden's not in power right now. And that's the thing that Ice Cube pushed on his in an interview with yeah. Chris Cuomo. Joe Biden doesn't have any power right now. Kamala Harris does. But Joe Biden has no power. Right. He'll make sure. he may get that power. Um and and to Tom's point as well, and this is just my cannon fodder, so we can just like play with it. To Tom's point too about it being Biden's fault, um, what what Trump keeps nailing the Democrats to the cross with, whether it be from criminal justice to judges to whatever, um, they're hesitant, right? This like either they don't want to work with people, they got their own thing, and they just want to be held to their own standards. <clears throat> Like at least somebody like Ice Cube coming as an outsider could at least hold them to, to task for pushing things through. And there's other elements. So sometimes just baking things internally, you don't really have any like metrics or any type of like system of checks and balances to make sure that you're following through with those things. So you might need an outsider to come in unbiased to make sure that you're sticking to the shit you say you're going to do. But to, to your point, Tom, like these they talked about that with the judges. Trump was like, look, you left me with, you know, 200 openings. What did you think I was going to do? Right. And, you know, you left me with, OK, you turned your back on the on this on the ice cube plan or you pushed it to after the election. I'm going to capitalize on it right now. Even just in terms of chess moves, you should at least own yeah. that because you knew it was good. Owned it own who, who ice cube is. And then you work it out later, politic it out later. So I think there's some some issues with it that I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder if if we're not kind of not giving ice cube the benefit of the doubt because he's a fucking rapper. Did Trump did Trump have any history in politics before prior to becoming president? No, we see how disastrously that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, but That's Trump true. Trump didn't run on politics. And he actually did cuz he actually funded a lot of those campaigns, right? But Trump He's, didn't Trump didn't run on politics. He ran on his on him being a businessman. And he framed America as a business, right? And then he could lead it to where it needs to go because his business acumen and his business acumen was cloudy until you realize that this motherfucker didn't know what the fuck he was doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess a couple things to that. So one, I mean, the thing about politics, and like I covered that and I have for longer than anything else, is that whatever you see on politics in the surf, there's what's going on on the surface, what's on Twitter, what people are talking about, then there's all the back channeling that goes on. And the reality is, is like what Cube didn't realize when he introduced this plan is that there's been back channeling going on between the larger black movement ecosystem of active, you know, advocates, activists. I mean, for years, but particularly a newer group of folks, probably since, I mean, definitely since George Floyd, but probably since like Trayvon Martin, probably there's a whole group of like an infrastructure and that's been going on, you know, for years. And to your point, like it takes a long time to do stuff. And like, these things are in the process of being done. And like, the reality is with our government, the way it is, it's not just Trump being in office. It's also the Senate. Like, you know, it's the house could pass whatever it wants to pass, but if the Senate's mm -hmm. not going to take it up, which is what has happened. And that's what happened with all the judges, for example, you know, McConnell blocked all of Obama's appointees, which is why he left him with this wide open 
seats of, you know, for judges to be able to, to, to be able to point all these folks. And so of course, once, you know, Trump's in power, then it's just like, you know, bring them in, you know, send them out. But there's all these different areas of government that I don't know if, if, if Ice Cube really understood what was going on. And it's fine that he wanted to help, but I think what it would have been helpful and I think would have been better received is if he said, Hey, you know, I want to help with this. Who's doing what? How can I lend my voice to this? As opposed to coming in and being like, I know what I'm doing and I got this plan, like, which is what he did. And that's a very different thing because that's insulting people who have been working on this stuff and have had to build up relationships with people and politicians and to get this stuff passed. And so it's kind of like, I think that was probably the biggest thing. It wasn't what he did. It was how he did it. And the how really does matter in politics. And I think it unfortunately has created this opening now where people can, um, which Trump does need votes, obviously, but it's created a more of a dynamic where it's given some people some cover to be like, I'm going to go vote for Trump. And that's the last thing that we need as a country is four more years of Trump, because I don't think we'd have a country in four more years. So I can, I can understand it being framed like that. Nobody's ever framed it to me like that, because initially I was taking a stance of like not wanting people, black people moving forward to be apprehensive about taking steps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want people to be like, OK, Kanye tried it. Cube mm-hmm. tried it. I'm just going to sit back. I don't want to get nailed to the cross. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just want us all to just start thinking like we can do it, whatever mm-hmm. that is, because we got nothing to lose at this point. But when you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. But there's there's also the history of like Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. in Chicago, right? Where the same, and this is with other black people, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I want to kind of get you to kind of address is the quality of the people that are critiquing Q. There's some people whose critiques are very serious. They're very measured. They're, they have an understanding of, like you said, the back channeling, the process procedures and stuff like that. And there's other people who don't. Right. And they're just mm-hmm. the mouthpieces and they are just being maintained. And they just is going to be cube this week. Then it's going to be the next person who does something next week. Then it's going to be the person who only saw Black Panther for 20 minutes the next week. And then it's going to be that person. That person. So with Martin Luther King Jr., just to bring a historical kind of piece to it is when he came to Chicago, Right. His expectation was that everybody was on the same page. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was going to come in and kind of do what he was doing in the South else, elsewhere and kind of have this direct connection to to the to the the chambers of power. Right. Which at that time was Mayor Daley. Right. Mm-hmm. And what he didn't know was that it was a chain of command of folks who had put in that work. Right. To get mm-hmm. close to Daley, other black leaders. Right. Mm-hmm. And they looked at Martin Luther King as infringing on their real estate. They could have provided some cover for him going to March in Cicero, but instead they didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like things that they could have like they set him up to fail in Chicago and he had to eventually run back down south, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was being done by other black groups, like you mm-hmm. said, that were closer to getting their agenda pushed or just maintaining that relationship that they had to power in Chicago. Um, and I see no I see no difference with that being something with Cube to something that you mentioned as well, that there's other people don't know that like the. There were members that the 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 nineteen ninety four crime bill, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was black hand in that, right? There a was lot a of original us. black caucus in that, like making mm-hmm. that, pulling the strings, making things work, making things go here. Uh tax certain tax plans, right? You had the black leaders kind of coming in, putting their hands in this because they're looking at it from different different vantage points, like, no, we need to make sure that we don't have this estate tax, right? Because when mm-hmm. black people become billionaires. Right. And then that becomes why you run in with it. But at the same time, too, you're giving a, you're giving away kind of the farm of 
to other yeah. white to more powerful established mm-hmm. white interests who are looking at that as being a plus and you're up your opera now is hopeful it's super interesting and any any anything about like the quality of people that are kind of critiquing uh cube and how he's moving I think it's all over the map. I mean, of course, like you said, like, I mean, we, we're living the age of Twitter. So anybody with, you know, an account can criticize him, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been some people who literally don't know what they're talking about. And there's some people that know more. And then there's some people that are coming from the music space and know more about Cube as a person. There's other people that come from the political space that know about more about politics. And then there's, you know, everybody in between. I think for me, what was really telling was, you know, again, Roland uh, Martin and April D. Ryan kind of interviewing them like within the first 24 hours. And they are, you know, they know what they're talking about. They're mm-hmm. like, they've been covering this stuff for a long time, you know, and they get the politics of it. They know the back channeling of what's been going on, particularly Roland, because, you know, he's, you know, black media, you know, and they get it. And I think their reactions to his, you know, whatever he's doing was to me was very telling because I'm like, these are people who are critiquing him who actually know what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Other people less so like, you know, and it's just like, I think we got to like, I mean, you got to put it in the bigger, you know, perspective on that. And I will say to your, to your point, Lupe, about um, the back, cha- I mean, like not knowing the back channeling, the thing that's the most mind boggling to me is half of that stuff is coming out of California. I mean, all three founders of black lives matter from California. We've got Kamala mm-hmm. Harris, who's a Senator of California You've got, you know, he's in L.A. I don't know how, like, it takes effort to not know what's going on if you're doing that. Because, I mean, California's a state of 40 million people, but it's still a small state. And he was involved in passing some legislation at the state house um, earlier in the year. So he had some into stuff. So I don't know what, where the breakdown was that he just pretended to, like, not pay attention to all this stuff that was going on over here or, you know, other stuff, but like the Democratic, there's a very short line between California Democratic politics and, and DC, and it takes real effort to be blind to that, well, which know, is the other confusing uh, part. Eh. I mean, I know Roland too, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've worked with Roland, mm-hmm. you know, and so there is the front side, but everybody has their back side too, right? Is their sure, agenda sure. that you're trying to push because instead of it's that you 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 didn't have to make that conversation public. Right. You the interview you, or the-, the interview. You could have went and did if you knew this back channeling and all this stuff was occurring, then it's time for you to kind of step up to if you felt this was the case. If you mm-hmm. felt Cube was off and you wanted to kind of instigate or investigate what his intentions or what his knowledge base was, then that's something that you do off offline. Right. Until you figure things out. And that's from that's at least the way I think that it should have been done and the way that I know Roland mm-hmm. actually moves and how he does things. So it's one thing that's like, fair. well, why would you put if you knew that there was some flaws and some holes in it? Why would you put that main stage on your show? Right. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you wait until you get Ice Cube right? And then if you felt he was wrong, get him right from your point of view. And then you present it with a little bit more robustness, which is what I feel Chris Cuomo did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then the piece about California, California is, is California is not a state. It's a country. California is massive. <laughs> Our governor would say a yeah. nation state. Right. No, but it's it massive. is. But, it, you'd be, but you'd be surprised how small the political circles are out here. I mean, honestly, I mean, I say that as somebody used to work in Sacramento mm-hmm. and now I work in LA. When I moved from one end of the state to the other, and I've been surprised how much there is I-5. It's just like it's the same people. Mm-hmm. It's the same freaking people. And the same in, in Sacramento with D.C. I mean you'd see people walking around Sacramento and next thing you know, they're on CNN, you know, you know, or something about going on in DC. There's just, it's like everything else in this country. It's kind of a small world when you really get into it. Mm. And, you know, particularly with black politics, it just is. And that's the other thing I think that was so kind of 
Like, but, seriously? But also, you can't, also, you know, Ice Cube is fuck the police. And Joe Biden mm-hmm. is not. Mm-hmm. Fuck the this police, is true. Right? And true. Kamala Harris is definitely, I mean, Kam- Kamala Harris yeah. was the swing vote for Tukey Williams' execution. Mm-hmm. People haven't yeah. forgot that, right? So there is a certain level of, and Ice Cube is coming from that world, right? Not saying he, but, he oh, not, no, no, no. He's coming from the Tukey Williams world, right? I get that. But I'm saying my point is he's going to Trump as the result. The fuck the police guy is going to Trump, the guy who's trying to whip up white supremacists and is saying cops should beat the hell out of people, black people on the street. Like, that's not a logical. No, but he said he didn't go to Trump. Well, right, Trump, Trump, he did. He went to, he said he went to both parties. He went to both parties. But he didn't say he went to, to Trump. Yeah. Right. Well, the Trump administration, the Trump administration, the Trump administration is it's an extension of him. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's not like it's not like the attorney general has been being like, no, we should allow, you know, do police reform. It's like, no, beat the hell out of whoever's protesting on the streets I'm, in Portland. No, I like, mean, it's, you know. it's more um, it's more for framing, understanding why he got kicked to the curb is what people are saying from Biden. Right. It's like, yeah, you are fucked the police. Tell him going back to you say about the politics. Right. Like you are fucked the police. So this may be a wall. Right. I know that because I've been blackballed by a politician. Yeah. I get it, right? So it's like, yeah, you are fuck the police. We know you're Ice Cube. We know you're in movies. You know you're this. But at the end of the day, like you said about the optics and the things of right now, mm-hmm. you wrote the song, fuck the, you know, you're part of that, right? So it's like, let's wait. Let's see what happens. So I can understand it. Him going to Trump, I don't know. From what he said about him going to Trump specifically was that's where the power is. You know, like you go to where the Trump is the president, right? But I would question, I would even question that. Okay, so let's, let's just game this out for a second, right? So Trump has every reason and his administration has every reason because they're down in the polls to humor somebody like Ice Cube and be like, yeah, we're going to give you $500 billion. It'll be great. We're going to do this. Okay, that will require actions on both levels of Congress to do. This is not something that Trump could write an executive order and go do. So we're talking congressional action, which means you'd have to get the Senate to agree. And the Senate can't agree and the House can't agree on anything, as we know. We can't even get a stimulus package passed. Mm -hmm. So that would be that. And so assuming he gets reelected, Trump would be a lame duck president assuming he's not trying to run for a third term and like become king. So <laughs> what incentive would he possibly have to entertain, entertain ice cube? Cause he doesn't care. He just doesn't care what the hell black people think anymore because he has no reason to. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, it's like, it, it, he's not winning anything. It's like, so Trump's just, nothing's going to pass between now and the ele- and election day. It's like, well, we've got two weeks. So that's not happening. And so after the election, what suddenly ice cubes going to be at his side and going to talk him into doing all this stuff for black people. When Trump has literally throughout his entire four years, did everything abs- absolutely opposite and hurting our people. Mm-hmm. Why would he, what incentive would he have? Well, what is, what was the timetable is what I'm, I think I asked that initially, like what was the timetable that we're talking about? Like the ice cube that they reached the cube or whatever that transaction was, was this months ago? Was it weeks ago? Are we just here? Cause you know, we hear about things yeah. now, but it could have happened, you know, four or five months ago. It was, it's a little unclear. I think it's, I gather that it wasn't like last week. I gathered it was probably like a month or a month and a half mm. or so ago. But at some point there was work between the Trump administration folks and Cube's people, or if not Cube, to kind of integrate some of that stuff, his plan into the platinum plan in theory. Mm. But at some point more recently, I guess the administration asked him, could they acknowledge that this is happening? And Cube said yes. So that's the thing is like, there was a more currently there was the administration saying, Hey, can we say that we're working with you? And he said, yes. And then there were a series of tweets that came out. Yeah. Cause what highlighted it. Yeah. Katrina Pearson from yeah. the Trump administration tweeted it, which start, which is what started all this stuff. Now, let me ask you this question. So, I mean, he, he took this route. Then on the complete opposite, we have Diddy, right. Who announced he's launching his own political party. Like he's like, 
you know, our black party motivated by his this pure disgust with the current political system. He initially yeah. came out and said everybody should hold their vote. Like African Americans should hold their vote, hold it hostage until we get something. And then he came kind of came back and said, no, 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 it's, let's take the lesser of two evils. Let's let's go with Biden. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to start my own political party. Like mm -hmm. what, what's your I mean, to me, that's not that much different. I mean, he's here's another guy who just kind of jumped into the arena and is now using his platform to, to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think that he I mean, I, again, I think he means well. I don't think I don't think ill will of any of the folks that are doing this. I, I think they generally want to help because they see how bad things are. But I don't necessarily know if creating a third political party is the way to, to go when the Green Party has existed for how long and they can't <laughs> even get like, you know, the tiniest percentage of the vote. I mean, the reality is, is like, I mean, politics isn't pretty. It's not nice. It, you know, it just it is what it is. And you kind of have to make the most of it. And the reality is we are a two parties country. And like it's, you know, it's either Republicans or Democrats. And like, I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take to inject a third party into this, but I don't think it's going to happen in any time in the near future. That said, there is some speculation that the complete disgust with the system alone might create a third party of people who are basically moderates who are, aren't at the fringes. So we might end up having a third mm -hmm. party. That said, I doubt it's going to be Diddy's party. That's going to be the third party. But I mean, what's, I don't what's know. the name of Diddy's party? Our black, black party. People, our black party. People. Only black people? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I. so I don't know how that would work. But and it would be enough to disrupt whoever was running. That's for sure. If all black people voted as a block and like which would be a stretch in itself, but that would be enough to disrupt whatever Democrat or Republican was trying to run for office because they wouldn't be able to get enough votes, I guess. We just split the vote three ways, basically. On local elections, not on national elections, right? Well, maybe. I mean, I guess like if, well, I guess it depends on how close this vote is, right? If, if all the pundits are right and it's really, we're talking about a handful of votes in a handful of states, if handful of those people in those handful of states voted for a third party, then it would like throw the election, the numbers mm. off. But I think to your point, actually, it might be interesting, more interesting on the local level, what that would look like, like for say, like uh, governors or like mayors or something like that. I don't know. I would be, that would be interesting. It's like, that would be easier to pull off than at the national level. Rich, what you think? About which part? About the puff daddy party, <laughs> the white party. Cause he's known for throwing white parties. How come he just didn't call it the puff daddy white party? I was about to say but that the party should come with a DJ, but I know that that's probably inappropriate to say about my brother. Let's not joke. Let's not joke. Let's not joke. Um, I don't know, man. Um, whew. I don't know if I want to answer that one. I think we got to move on. to Why not? This is the platform to do it. We got a professional. We got a white person. We got it all. <laughs> I love the way that he's thinking. I don't... There's a lot of room for bad. There's a lot of room for bad. There is some upside to it. Um, I like to support everything that he does in theory. I like to support it in theory. I just don't want it to turn into like, okay, now we have this party and black people are pigeon-held to doing things. Like, let's all get together and vote for Kanye. I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, but I still, love, I still love Diddy and Kanye, though. I still love them. That, no, I, that doesn't waver. Just not for president. I think it's one of those things where we have to just become students of history and pull him to the side the way that Roland should have probably pulled Cube to the side and whoever else was black who interviewed Ice Cube in a public format without him being media prepped to go in there and whoop ass oh, like so he needed bad. to be, right? <laughs> I wish somebody had prepped him. The, the piece with, about that is that Diddy's power and pe people like Diddy's power 
um, and even my power to a certain degree is being able to organize like the corporate, like the K group, like the black K group mm -hmm. is what they call those, right? Like the, that, that business arm that actually is the third mm -hmm. party, right? Is, is business is Democrats, Republicans and business. That's your third party. Well, you don't need to vote, right? You don't need to have any of that stuff. You just need to have the charisma, the relationships and the cash um, to be able to insert yourself into certain conversations. And you, it may not be Coke brothers level money and influence, but I think someone like Diddy, Jay, a few of the other, a few of the other guys and gals in media in that space, um, and even just traditional business stuff like that, um, they could be, they could, they could be utilized to create a corporate block, mm -hmm. right? Representing the values of Black America and be able to push and pull. And I think you do see success in that. You see uh, kind of something similar to like Jesse Jackson with Operation mm -hmm. Push and stuff like that, where he was focused on a corporate side of things coming out of politics, coming out of being a candidate, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then focusing on what? The corporate aspects of things, as opposed to trying to reinsert himself back into the political. And I think that's what Diddy should, that's what I think the Diddy's should be doing. Mm -hmm. I think that they should recognize that their power is in the corporate space and in the, in the culture space as well, but not just say it for the sake mm -hmm. of saying it, like actually fucking do it like they did in South Africa. Like let's organize this K group, let's get business together. Let's, let's create a war chest Right. And let's create some long term plan and strategy to affect bills and legislation on a local level. But, yeah, I don't know how this how the, the like you said, the political party piece is going to I actually know how it's going to play out. That shit's not going to work. Always a huge jump straight to the top, like skip all steps. <laughs> Boom. You're right, though. I could totally see the business aspect of that would be amazing, actually. You know, just the number of black wealthy people we have and doing something collectively. And guess what? It's not new. No. Black business has been corralling itself around issues for a very long time. And I think, and again, it because, because it's Ice Cube, because there's somebody coming from the arts, because you have the stigma of somebody like Malcolm X, right? A critique mm -hmm. shot back at the big homie, where he said, our leaders aren't trumpet players or poets or politicians. And we immediately became stigmatized thinking that, oh, then our leaders have to be sophisticated, academic, political, blah, 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 blahs, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have people who only have access to creating wealth through culture, Right. When it comes their time to actually make a political play, not only are they stigmatized historically from the black community itself, but they're also looked at. They don't know what to fucking do. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when they do try and make a move, it becomes like this fanfare circus show where they should have talked to such and such before they talked to such and such before they mm -hmm. did this. And I think we kind of that's a, another thing that we kind of got to strip from our legacy a little bit. If we think about making very serious moves in this world as black people, what in America as black people. I agree. Not you, Tom. I'll say this. I am glad anybody steps up and starts talking from whether it's Diddy starting his own party, Cube starting his own mission in life, or you putting on Instagram, vote Biden. I love you, Tom. That's how we, we got to start using our platform. Tom, you talk like a Tom. You talk like a guy named Tom. <laughs> Erica. With a zebra chair. Erica, Erica, Erica. <laughs> thank you. So much for your time Thank and coming you. on here and hold on before, before you go, us. Erica. You remember the thing that Lupe said about people that, who watch Black Panther for only twenty minutes? He's talking about me. He's talking about me. Don't pay yeah. him no attention. Are you serious? You cannot do that. His name is Royce the Five Ninth because he only is going to do five ninths of anything. First of all, he's misleading you by telling you that because I watch twenty <laughs> minute increments. So there, I have twenty minutes here. There's uh, the twenty minutes changed. there. Twenty minutes there. <laughs> 20 minutes here. If you just do a simple <laughs> math equation, you will get the total length of an, an entire movie.
that's impressive, sort of. Not <laughs> ask Royce what happened at the end of Black Panther. Ask him right now. What happened at the end of Black Panther? Why would you do that, Erica? I thought you were on my side. Well, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm just a journalist. I'm just here to guess, you know, as a guest and, you know. <laughs> well, five ninths. <laughs> oh, man. Erica, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Any last things you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Just vote. <laughs> Please, just vote. The only thing I want to promote. You ain't got a mixtape? Promote my mixtape. Use this time wisely. I don't know. I don't have a mixtape. Okay. Read my column. Follow me on Twitter at Erica, E-R-I-K-A underscore D underscore Smith. Go to the LA times.com. Subscribe. Your starving journalists need it. Um, and vote, please just vote. We want to thank blue microphones for supporting our show for 25 years. Blue has helped people to find and amplify their voices. And today they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers. No matter what kind of content you create, blue has a setup that will make you sound and look great. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or stream, check out the Yeti caster. It's a complete mic and boom arm system that connects to your laptop, bringing the ultimate broadcast studio to your home or office. Now is the perfect time to start your creative project. So visit bluemike.com and click get started to start telling your story. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce to five nine and Tom Frank. That was good. I liked having Eric on there and I, I enjoyed what she had to say. It was super uh, eye opening. It was. I learned something. What'd you learn, Royce? Something. <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot of something. <laughs> <laughs> Royce, what'd you learn, man? For real, what'd you learn? I thought I answered that question, bro. You answered it with something, which is vague. It's, it's the definition of vague is something. I mean, you know, the, the main the main point that stuck out to me was just when she, the way she framed Cube's approach from a political standpoint and how it can undermine the previous work of people in that space, especially Black people in that space. Mm -hmm. That resonated with me because I didn't think of it that way. It blew my mind to know that uh, Bernie Sanders voted for that crime bill in 94 that everybody's giving like, you know, Biden shit for. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, but yo, the dude who everybody wanted oh, to be president yeah. signed that shit too. You know, the dude I would vote for. That's Killer Mike for. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Killer Mike, boy. He got some influence, I tell you. That's my boy. Yo, he started a bank. What's the name of the bank, Royce? Um, the Black One. The Black Bank? That's all you need to know. That's all you need. It's Black Bank. Black, 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 Black. Black Online Banking. It's called like uh, it's called like Bloods and Crips. No, no, no. You're thinking of Crip Cola. Greenwood? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's named after like a, uh, a bank that was like, that was destroyed on Black Wall Street. That's fantastic. When they bombed Black Wall Street. Which is something we wanted to do with the name of this podcast, which was supposed to be called Allentown, and we was the Allentown Cartel. I was all with that. Wait, wait, wait! I didn't, I'm not the reason why we didn't become we we didn't get called Allentown, was I? No, I actually I think it I think it was your idea, but then you squashed it, Lupe. We were all in. We were in. We actually had merchandise all ready to go. That's exactly what happened. We can still do the merchandise. We can still do Allentown Cartel. As a matter of fact, Tom, can we please do Allentown Cartel T-shirts for the first drop? Why in the fuck would we do that, Lupe? We could do Lupe and Royce show merchandise. Mr. Confusing. So the reason that I didn't name it Allentown because I felt that we would be totally disrespectful 
to the energy and the name that is Allentown, California. You are totally disrespectful to the energy of me watching Black Panther. Listen, Five Ninths, even more so. We're going to name it Allentown. You ain't even seen all the movie. Can we do Black Panther merchandise or not? Sure. Let's do it. Let's just rip it off. Let's do Black Panther merchandise and put Lupe, Royce, Allentown. But it'll just be half a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. That's good. (laughs) We send you the sleeves first. Then we'll send you the back. Then we'll see in the collar like six months later. And eventually you'll get a full shirt in six years. Mm -hmm. But what his bank is called, what's it called? Niggas Money, The Stash. Is that what it's called? CNN story, Greenwood, Killer Mike's bank. Where's the base? Uh, let's see. White people probably hate that shit. Killer Mike. It's probably like an online bank. There's a good picture of him here, Killer Mike, with uh, Atlanta mayor. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. Andrew Young. And Bounce, Bounce TV founder Ryan Glover. Which one of them is going, which one of them is getting indicted on uh, money laundering charges in six months? Nope, 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 nope. I will not hear which, which I will one? not. La, 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 I will not, not hear this. Not answering. That's not that's not happening. No. What is the raid from the SEC going to happen? Let's get, start to start to count. Yeah, they're going they're going to bust in and frame them. <laughs> that's what I'm, how it <laughs> happens. They're going to bust in and frame them. <laughs> like, didn't you niggas learn? Killer Mike ain't laundering. From last time they set up this bank, you ain't laundering no money. He received uh, tens of thousands of account requests in less than twenty four hours. Yeah, they got a waiting list. Yeah. You know how much money he making with them barbershops? A lot. He owns barbershops? Yeah. How many barbershops does he own? How many heads you got? A lot. I haven't been to a barbershop in 20 years. A lot. Is a it, lot. Is, it a, is it is it an online bank? Yep. It's mostly online? I think it's all yeah. online. I, I think it's all online. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I would put all my money in there, but it would take years to just transfer all that money. You know, it's hard to start a bank. Like, there's a lot of shit that you got to do to start a bank. And not even from me watching billions, right? But actually literally studying what it, like, banking and what it means to start a bank. Like, that shit's that shit's rough, right? And I wonder if there's any kind of loopholes that they dodge or jump through by making an online bank. I wonder if the if the uh, criterion for starting a bank are... And it doesn't matter. You got a mayor of Las Vegas and the owner of the Seattle Seahawks. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the process to get it is fucking crazy. I wonder if there's like differences between like online banking or a purely online bank or just an actual bank bank. Doesn't matter. Killer Mike is great. Either way, them niggas is going to jail in six months. I just start the clock. If they put Killer Mike in jail, I'm busting him out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking him right out. You can't arrest Killer Mike. I'll fucking come break him out. I want an account. We should get an account. We should put. The, the say what the, media? Yes. No, not the shows. No, we can't risk the show. We got to say the show. The company, whatever. We said it. Now we got to do it. I don't want to hear it. Now don't well, fucking be trying to meet with me talking about no goddamn Bank of America. I don't want to hear it. All right. So look, the Lupe and Roy show bank account will be at the Greenwood. The Greenwood is the savings and loans. Hot damn it! That's a great idea. So, Killer Mike, if you're out there, we would like to jump to the head of the line for the uh, the request to get an account. I got all kinds of dirty money that I need to deposit. <laughs> we are already on the list. We are on the list. Dirty door money. I got all kinds of freaky money. I need to go and slide up in the account. 
since you guys love to hear uh, feedback from our great listeners, I, I have a question that was posed to us. I actually think it's a very good one, and it, it kind of goes full circle here back to a little bit about Ryan Montgomery Foundation. So it, your music has helped me when I was in a dark wait, wait, place. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Wait. Fuck all that. Who is it from? Oh, I didn't say that? It's from Jamie Z. I'll take that. Jamie mm -hmm. Z, that's an interesting name. Right. Jamie Z. Is this a male or a female? You know, um, I have to say something. Alun Baker from last episode, I called a female. I later found out was a male. Oh, that's not disrespectful at all. And I believe it was a, it was Alan. I might have been saying it wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, back to Jamie Z. I you, think it's Jaime. Jaime Z? Z. I don't know who it is, but this is to you, you Roy. <laughs> What about what about Jime? Jime? Jimey Z? Jimey. Maybe the A is silent. Maybe the maybe the, whoa, maybe the J is silent. Hama. Is Amy? Hama. Amy. What about Jaime? Jaime. Like a That's Hama. what I just said. I said Jaime. I think it's oh, Jaime. You said Jaime. You said Jaime. I'm saying Jaime like We're giving this person too much attention. Get that. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Your music helped me when I was in a dark place, but also inspired me and kept me going during good times too. I have so many memories forever tied to your songs. Wonder if there are any artists or songs that have had a profound effect on your life, like your music has had on mine. The same way that the, that question had a profound effect on the glistening of your eyeballs. There were like diamonds in the dark that you were reading that with. It was unbelievable. Emotional. Your emotions pouring out of your fucking face. You, you do have lovely eyes. I appreciate you both saying you that. You do. And it's, your face is well proportioned, too. You look like a coach. You are a coach. I am a coach. You do got a coach face. We're still coaching football. Mm -hmm. It's back in action yeah, here in Maryland. Even though there's a surge, but, you know, whatever. COVID-19 don't affect the babies, right? Wear a mask on your hands. How about that? We got to get these kids out. We got to get them out doing stuff. We got to have them active. We'll do our best to protect them and their health and the health of their parents. Time to a bike connected to some batteries. That way they can just get their workout and, and like, save the environment, right? By charging up some Teslas. Around the bike. My team is, uh, what are we? We're 0 and 4 right now. Bunch of first year guys playing tackle football. Yeah, they're trash. So uh, let's not call them trash. Let's, let's, how about you give them a little motivation? Right now you're trash, but you can be recycled. This is it. This is your motivation. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Wow, you really know how to bolster these kids up. I mean, I build them up to tear them down to build them up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can we get back to the question? Royce, this question was for you. What was the question? Songs that have made a profound impact on your life in the same way that you both have made an impact on Jamie Z. Louis, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> he was catching 20 more minutes of the Black Panther. No, that's one of my songs. He's being, he's being, I he's know. being, he's being a five nine right now. Five nine, you know what I'm talking about? So check it out. Uh, first got it when he was six, didn't know when you traced. Matter of fact, first time he got on it, slipped, landed on his hip, and busted his lip for a week. He had to talk with a list like this. Now we can end the story yeah. right here. Yeah. I see what you was doing right there. You was playing the music that Jamie would put possibly could have been talking about that inspired that person no, I'm, no I'm answering the question ah, this, music, well. this music inspired me 
to do many things. Skateboarding is one of them. <laughs> you know, you got your you got your skateboard. Just right because there. we're just because we're friends, don't mean that I can't be inspired by all your stuff. Hey, check this out though, uh, Jamie. <clears throat> could you answer Jamie's question? Because I want to talk about something else. I'm not. Am I not answering Jamie's question? Respect the question with words, man. Hit him. Just, just give him some. Just paint. I don't. Just paint a little picture real quick for the motherfucker, man. I don't know. Okay, Jamie. Um, I listen to a lot of MCs. A lot of MCs inspired me over the years. Um, even though uh, I'm a little older than Lupe, I was inspired by Kick Push, Superstar. Um, I'm inspired by Jay Z. I feel like he has a line for everything in life that applies to everything in life that you can kind of use. I'm inspired by Nas, who's Lupe's close friend. Um, I'm inspired by a lot of guys. I'm inspired by black queens in 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 in, in this hip hop shit too, you know what I mean? All of them. I really like Foxy Brown's uh, "Broken Silence" album. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Super inspiring, but on some gangster shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get on some gangster gangster, you're trying to get on some soulful soulful, fall in love music, whatever. Hip hop and rap and artists of all ilks of all kinds, right? They don't have to be super lyrical all the time. They can just be very emotionally aware and able to speak to you in different ways. I was inspired by NWA, fuck the police. You know, like that that slogan sticks with me to this day. I still feel like that every time I get a ticket. So it so so it's all relative. Tell me you don't throw fuck the police on when you get a ticket. I do. Listen, speaking of getting tickets, mm-hmm. what do y'all think about living in a van? I still haven't drawn correlation between getting a ticket and living in a van. Where well, we going? You get a it? ticket for living. Sometimes in a van. people live in vans. You can get you can get a ticket. You know, if you parked in the wrong place. I am absorbed. You hear me? Totally absorbed into van life videos. Oh, I've never been down that rabbit hole. Right? Tell me more. Oh, my God. There is so much out there in terms of so many different personalities and characters and vans, right? My youngest brother came into the studio about a year ago and told me him and his rap partner wanted to do this. And I told both of them to turn around and walk back out the door and close it. And don't ever fucking come in here and bother me with this again. <laughs> so, so it's interesting that you be telling me this. <laughs> Tell me more. I want to know more about it. Now I'm intrigued. You already shit it all over somebody's nah, I just I wasn't feeling it. Maybe like... I need to go down that rabbit hole so I could further understand. Because if I owe him an apology, I'll call him and tell him I apologize. Okay, so what I'm afraid of right now is giving you the name of one of these van life videos that I'm deep into, but I don't know if it's the best onboarding initial experience that you all should have. Well, how'd you start? Life, how'd you right? start? Where'd you start made... at? Did you just do a search or how, I mean, how did this come about? You can do a search, but it's like stealth van is probably a good place to start. Like stealth people who do stealth vans. That's kind of where I started. So they'll have these, these folks who like get like a conversion van or a white like delivery van, or even some people will make like a fake business right? Because the fake business vans just feel like they should be parked there. Nobody going to come and fuck with them, right? And the inside of the van is like a little apartment, you know, like a little studio apartment. They'll have like a bed and like some, like a place to cook. They might have like a bucket to shit in and all kinds of craziness. But and some people like super deck them out, right? So you got like stealth vanning like that. Then you got like van life dudes who get like the sprinters, like those sprinter conversion vans, like sprinter vans, and then they'll just build them out crazy. So there's like all kinds of shit in there, super luxurious, over the top type situation. As soon as you said bucket to shit in, I was out. But there's some people who have, you know, like bathrooms in their van. I, I've seen that, but not a lot, right? Think of like a think of like the bathroom yeah. in a tour bus, right? And remember, like you can never really use that, right? They tell you to put a bag yeah. in there and shit in the yeah. back. 
I, I assumed it just went right out into the street. No, you got to empty it. What the fuck are you talking about, though? In the van, the van just rolling with piss coming out the bottom. <laughs> Shitty booty little van driving down the street. It's fucking gross, huh? So van life. If you were to get a van, where would you live? See, that's the thing. People live in their vans, but they have to like, like you got to like drive. So you got to like go to places. And so there's like all this like BLM land, which is like Bureau of Land Management, right? Not Black Lives Matter land. Right, Bureau of Lot, Bureau tuh, of Land. Tuh, imagine land. that. <laughs> imagine us having that in America. <laughs> but it's just open land, right? There's nothing on it, so there's like no services mm-hmm. mostly, and you basically, but you can go out there for like 14 days total, right? And just camp wherever. They got kind of specialized sites, but basically you can camp out there for it. It's basically camping in your car, right? And some people go way over the top with it. Crazy ass half a million dollar or two hundred fifty thousand dollar vans. Other folks, they'll. I seen one where a lady she just put a couch in her fucking van. Just had like a, a couch in there. It was like this is it. Stapled a TV to the wall or something stupid. They mostly have like the solar power, so they'll put like solar panels on the top. Um, one guy has like you could buy like a uh, mini little fridges and stuff like that. It can also be like a freezer. Some people have like like a shower thing that you can set up. Um, one of the one of the uh, killer shits is like you can have some people put like an air conditioning, like a house air conditioning in their shit and to keep it cool. But it's just I'm so fast. As you can see, I'm beaming. I'm fascinated by this thing. And there's this one, especially during COVID time, because it's like I get this is me living vicariously on the road because I actually like road traveling and shit like mm-hmm. that. Right. Um, and it's just super, it's super cool, man. And there's one channel that I kind of watch all the time. Um, and it's called Adventure Van Man guy named brian out of san diego he's been on the road for like five years right and he's like what he does he has like these seasonal jobs all around the country and he'll just drive to like one place you know on the way to work it'll take a month to get there you know and he's like stopping in all these little places and shit it's, i mean it's just super cool i'm looking they cook in there right now adventure van yeah, man i got but he may not be the place to start like you might need Don't to start, start a little bit more up up the chain and then you'll you'll eventually land and appreciate what what Brian. I mean, you got how many months ahead of you that you're still not going to go on tour? I think you should do this. I got to get a van. Get a van. Man, I ain't got to like Drive that. to Detroit. Pick up Royce. Drive. Ooh, you mean do it with Royce. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. He ain't driving. He Royce, ain't picking me up in no van. We going no damn where. Royce, let's do this. Don't come pick me up in no conversion van with a shit bag. Pick me up in our bands. <laughs> <laughs> But no, they got the Sprinter Benz vans. They're the Mercedes vans. Mm. Luxury, baby. I'm listening. Royce, mm. listen. Just do the research, you know, over the week in between casts. Let me know what you think. I, I think that we should have, we motherfucking, the Lupe and Royce show should have an official motherfucking Allentown cartel van. All right. Well, we're not going to Bablo. Can it float? Can it be one of those vans that turns into a boat? Yeah. Can it float? Like the 18 van. The 18 van can float? The 18 van can do anything. <laughs> Talking about, man. I seen the 18 van. It was somebody had one out here. Nope. I paint, you know, one of my first pictures was the 18 van. Not a replica. The, a the 18 van. You're talking about the 18 van. The 18. What did you think we were saying? 18. That's what we said. I thought he said the 18 van. I was very confused. Fuck, is that the R. Kelly van? No. <laughs> the 18 van. <laughs> So let's get the A-Team van. We slap up on the side of it. The Lupe and Royce show. 
you drive it to Detroit and here in D.C., and we'll, we'll be here for the election. Look, is that how I wrapped it all up? This is Tom. And this is Royce the 5'9". And this is Lupe Fiasco. And this is the ending of the Lupe and Royce show. <laughs> this is the ending of the show. <laughs> Download, subscribe, write a review, all that stuff. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow. Leave us a review and tell your friends to listen. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. It's recorded and mixed by Claude Jennings. Our head writer is Lauren Sloat. I'm Tom Frank. And our theme music is by, who else? Lupe Fiasco and Royce the 5'9".